0: Man, hold on
1: a second, man. I'm I'm having a hell of a time, as you can imagine. Here. you. And the baby's awake, so you might get a little screaming. And oh, now.
0: About to witness the awesome uh, crushing of my uh, The death tab is leaving the room, he's offended. Oh, my. He's Robinson Show Stopper! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome my friend. With a good client to a show that never ends is round number a one, a two, a four of the UGNS Robinson Show Stopper. Ah, And always Oh, I've done shows from Lyon, I've done shows from Copenhagen, I've done shows from Paris, I've non-stop, that's the way we work it. No downtime. I just think the people in the hospital with a keep my husband had a holler last week. And anyway, it allowed something unusual to happen. I started a birth of my life, my, my daughter... It allowed uh, uh, John Mass and Chef to make my pick for me, which actually aligned with my real world pick. And I was number one on picking again. Third week in a row. So that's the way it goes, baby. Oh and it quality looks better. I got gotcha. the oh yeah. Yeah, oh my. I actually figured out I figured out how to put this thing in. Play to see a dog. Recommended by Archer. Let's get this to Bob Riley. I'm on my way back to nowhere. I took my mother and could not see to get to there. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face.
1: So he didn't pay back in full always. Nothing. All right, my friends. Uh, That is from what? Calling of the Just, a record from Stigmata, the bumper music since 2007. The record's still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where in addition to shooting you to death in a nightclub, they'll hit your car with a hammer and maybe give you COVID. Go to Revelation Records. The Google thing will get you there. Use a little magnifying glass, type in stigmata, and make sure you get Calling of the Just, because they have other records, out by famous noted German neo-Nazi Herbert Egold, I think was his name, and then he got busted, uh, and then he got thrown in jail, and all their records there got seized, but Calling of the Just, just the record I put out of them, still good, still available from Revelation Records, so let's start the show, yes, indeed. Uh, it does look better. Courtesy Archer and a couple of the rest of you had good advice. I'm still getting the, gonna get the wife drill a hole, pull the Wi-Fi out from the kids room and put it out. Uh, it, it was it was cute. Archer was like, "Man, if you're you know if your house is like three thousand square feet, you know you you'll have to get a second one." I go oh, bro, three thousand square feet. My house is one thousand and twenty square feet. So it should Orby should be able to reach quite nicely, but I do want to get the the, the thing out of the kids' room. So this is round one, two, four. Um, before we get to uh, before we get into the show too much, I just to, by a matter of housekeeping, some of you are going to pinko nine five zero one four at yahoo.com to directly skipping freaking Patreon. Uh, skipping patreon.com slash stomperville or the stomper, I can never remember which. Uh, and you just go directly giving the money. That's how we came up with the $260 for the, for the Orby, and that's how this stuff is paid for to make the wife happy. I'm not just wasting my time as an indicator of, of appreciation and maybe getting me the duct tape off this computer. However, uh, Patreon did it could be their new sales tax thing I don't know, did book the lowest month in the last eight months uh, it, it just cleared the Orbeez I got 16 bucks after the Orby, which is nice, and I will use to buy something like gasoline, so I can get hither and yon on my daily doings. Just FYI, that's where we are. Commercials done. So uh, let, let, let's, let's uh, a little brief. I'm sitting here at, in the middle of a work meeting, and uh, and I look to my right out on my on my deck, and my wife is out there feeding the 14,000 cats we got, and uh, and she's uh, giving me a look. And I'm like, yeah, okay, hey, kitty, I'm, uh, you know, I'm in a meeting here, and uh, and then she's like sitting, she's sitting down, like you know, like like a cholo, you know, like a chola, like she's like, like on her haunches, you know, she got one elbow on one knee and like the other one on, her, but but it's a facial expression I, I'm not recognizing, you know, and I look and I look down and there's a bunch of water under her, and I think. What, the cats jumped in the water? You spilled the water? And I go, oh, through the mist of time, it started blasting through my gray matter. And I realized, <laughs> hey man, don't even start with the cat. Hey, I realized, oh, her water broke. And she's like, do you think this is? And then she comes in the kitchen, it's like whoosh, and then there's the bloody show, if you know anything about pregnancy, that's when the mucus plug breaks and it's all. And so well, well, it's time the contractions. So we timed the contractions, and I said, eh, we got some time. Uh, so hung out. And I bit my mouth. I said, yeah, look at that! What the hell is uh, it's killing me. And uh, in my sleep. And uh, um, so yeah, a few hours. Call the doctor. Let them know what's going on. Finally get there around. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll just cut cut the story short. We get it's like uh, uh, 24 hours of labor, and then finally they go, "Look, the kid's not coming out, and she's not coming out." So. uh. So you got to go cesarean. Well, what if we stand around our head and they're just going to look at me like, you know, cause they'll plan, you know, plan, but Mike Tyson said it best. Anybody had a plan till they get punched in the face. So, uh, go for the cesarean. And I said, Oh, you know, I'm going to be able to be there. And they always do that thing to me. Like with my other kids, they're like demanding that I sit down. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, sit down, sit down, sit down. And, uh, you did sit down. You did sit down. They go, sir, you have to sit down I go. Listen, I'm a medical professional. You can't down the with me on my own show. And the guy goes, Oh, are you? And I go, well, nah, nah. I just sit He goes, So I had to sit down because apparently he was afraid I would pass out. You know, and uh, and I would I would have made a biggest think about is after the birth of my first kid 23 years ago, 24 years ago. But some guy in San Jose, his wife was having a baby, he stood up. Saw all of this, you know, the massive amounts of weird shit coming out of her, including the baby. God, whoo, it passed out, cut his throat on a sharp edge as he fell to the floor. She had the birth of her child and the death of her husband all in the same moment. And that, and that, um, yeah. fuck you, Seth. <laughs> fuck you, bro. <laughs> ah. I got no choice. I got, what do I, I got no choice. I got, I, this is, you stay in the game long enough. This is where you end up. <laughs> this is where you end up. I, it's die or live and get old. So, um, so this time they said, ah, oh, you know, we're going to put a screen. And I was like, oh, cool. So the screen that, you know, and I thought the screen was to, I, I hadn't really thought through the whole screen thing. The screen wasn't to, you know, isolate the doctors. The screen was to isolate us. And I'm like, yeah. And finally, I see, oh, there's a reflection. So I can watch the reflection. So they're doing the thing. You know, it's surgery. They're doing, I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I tell people time and time again, you know, I'm not squeamish, which has led me to do altogether unholyly disgusting things in life, but I'm not squeamish. So, uh, but I'm looking and then, you know, the kid comes out and then the doctor says, she says, oh, here she is. And then, just like in the movies, um, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, it's, it's 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 a weird thing to get used to. So it's uh, like in the movies, here she is, and yeah, a buddy of mine got handcuffed. Like like if you look at the cover of Whipping Boy's first record, then that sound of no hands clapping, they put him here, and they put the other hand up the back, and they squeezed him together like an accordion, and they 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 handcuffed him like that. And, you know, he was a, a this is my cat, my friend from Soviet Georgia. It was Soviet Georgia at the time. And when they took him to Rikers Island, they go, ah, he's a white guy. You know, uh, we'll be nice to him. And they put him in a cell by himself. You know, weird racial politics, white cops, white guy. But he doesn't, and this is going to tie into something we're going to talk about later. He doesn't process himself as white. Right? Like I've told you before, one, he's Jewish. And two, he's from Georgia. You know, it's, he doesn't give a shit about this. So, uh, um, so he, uh, 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 they put him in the cell and they bring him in some food. And, you know, he's like, you know, fuck these guys, fuck these cops. And he takes the tray of food and he jams it in his, in the cop's face. Just jams it in the cop and the cops look at him and go, okay. And they, he goes out, he wipes his face, goes out, look at my buddy. gets two or three more cops. They come back in the cell and I say to my friend, well, what happened then? And he goes, blah, 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 boom. You know, they they fucked him up. When he comes to, he's in the cell. Uh, Yeah, you, of course, of course, of course, of course, of course, you know, of course. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk about the race thing recently because there's a cool book that that we should read that I, I actually dig. So when he comes to, he's in the cell with a bunch of like black and Puerto Rican kids. Right. And. And that was the way the cops were like, you you don't want to act like an animal, we put you with the animal. But they were totally cool with him. They said, oh man, they fucked you up, what'd you do, what did you do? And, you know, he didn't know. So anyway, which is useful because he's the one who told me, Eugene, anybody can say anything to me until they put their hands on me. And then, then that's it. Now you can hear the kid in the background. And that's it. So, but that'll play, literary terms, it's called foreshadowing. This is the birth story. So I'm looking in, and you know, there's there's, there's a a rhythmic thing. The kid comes out, and you're supposed to hear, you know, here she is. Kind of what you're hearing. If you can't, I don't know if you can hear the background now. Kid comes out, she goes, here she is. Silence. And now I'm looking in the thing, and I see she's got something in her hand. I was like, you know, man, I I don't, bro, I don't need this anymore. I like this. I don't need this omen, like the movie tragedy. I don't. And so then they rush the kid over to this little set, and I'm looking, and the, you know, and I'm trying to comfort the wife that she's here. And they, they gave her because it's surgery now. They give her this this anesthesia that freezes everything, like from from the titties down, right? So she can still breathe, but she can't feel the surgery that that's happening. Now, if you know people taking cocaine. You have the same sensation where you know the long you can't you can't tell if you're breathing or not, and it some causes some people to panic. I've seen people brought into the emergency room. I can't breathe, doctor. I can't breathe. Yeah, yeah, you can breathe. I can't breathe, doctor. I can't breathe. Yeah, you can breathe. Yeah, I can't breathe, doctor. And then the doctor says to the daughter who brought her in, "Does your mother use narcotics?" "Yes." It's, "What she want?" "Cocaine." So it numbs the throat. You don't feel it. Like, so she's starting to kind of panic. I like, "I can't." I go, "You're breathing." It, 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 it's and I kind of get close cocaine you know she's never drinking cocaine you know you can still breathe your body is making you breathe and then funny she goes but the kid and then right the timing was perfect right there they got the and then the crying started I was like ah, man this shit's an adventure an adventure an adventure an adventure so uh, the kid comes out and then um uh-huh, all those people harassing me and stuff uh uh not yeah. huh. Um so yeah, it was it was it was it was scary. It was not not cool. So then they take us to the room and then sometimes as it happens the kid gets jaundice, right? My oldest kid had it because there's some there's some you know blood interplay, the birth uh, the uh blood types are different, right? My wife and I have a different blood type. Her body processes it as, as uh, enemy, enemy, enemy blood type. And they start attacking it. The blood cells are dead. The liver hasn't really started to work yet. So they start pumping bilirubin into the system. So the kid is getting bilirubin and is like actually like orangey yellow, right? And I'm like, hey, you know, Grace had it. My oldest kid had it. I hey, just put her in the sun. And they're like, no, this is serious. I mean, they're going into like cold red. And I'm sitting there on the bed, in that little bed in, in, the, in the maternity ward, and I'm looking, at, I'm looking online and they say, oh, in extreme examples of, of bilirubin poisoning or whatever, it uh, can lead to developmentally disabled, uh, blindness, deafness, you know, retardation, which is a developmentally disabled part, and in some cases, death. You know, an ext- I So, well, what's the extreme case? I don't remember what the measure is, but it's like 20 is a scale, 20. And so they come in, and I say to the doctor, I say, hey, uh, what are her levels now? They go, oh, 17, 18. I go, oh, oh. Hey, man. So I said, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? What's, what, what's happening? Well, we're going to move a boot So they move in this intense, like, incubator-type thing with, like, disco lights. It looks like a tanning bed, a baby tanning bed. But the reality of it, this is not a problem, but when you're an adult in a tanning bed, I've heard tell, they give you goggles, right? Definitely goggles on a kid. Yeah, They make these special ear, ear, these special eye pads that you have to velcro to the kid's eyeballs to keep them closed, like something from a of orange. And of course, they bring the wrong size because any kid of mine is going to have a big head but the, and the eyes, you know, so the thing is not fit. And so Kasha's getting her mother on the phone. Her mother used to be like a biochemist or something. And the mother says, No matter what they tell you, do not screw up the goggles because the kid will be blind. So this is 6,000 miles away from Poland. So we're not, so then we're up like seriously, no sleep at all, making the go- making sure the goggles are. Yeah, UV lights. It's like, oh man, this is heavy. And of course, it's COVID, so usually, you know, support network. My kids couldn't come to the roof. So in any case. We got the, the bilirubin levels down from 17 or 18 to 9 because you can look at the her initial blood. And each time they measure them, you got to take a bunch of blood. So they're, you know, stabbing the kid in the heel to get the blood. So they were 5, they were 9, they were 10, they were 15, and then they were 17, to 18. And then it started to reverse. So it got the, it got back down to 9, 10. And they go, that's normal. We'll get it back down to 5. Perfect. I get it home. I can accidentally have be been putting her in the sun and stuff. So there you go. So the kids came over the other day. If those of you, those of you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, you see I put the picture up of everybody together. Happy times, happy times, and the best part talking to my older kids. Um, yeah, man. It, you know, a friend of mine said he never, he couldn't understand having a kid. He said it was like having the world's most expensive car that you have to watch constantly. Like, except, yeah, a car doesn't die. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so. It's interesting. So my kids come over, my older kids, one who's almost 24. Um, yeah. right. And thank you. And then uh, one who's almost uh, 22 and one who just turned 18. So if you can find the one who turned 18, still was getting the word that, you know, she was going to go to college. She had to leave two weeks early because the school was in D.C. and it was they were going uh, to have the quarantine for two weeks. Well, we just got an email like, you know, you know Kasia went to labor on Thursday, we got an email on Wednesday that they're not going to take a chance. They're not going to take a chance because now it's become politicized. So all the good schools in America are like, screw this, we're not going to play this game. You know, uh, we don't want anybody to die. And of course, the parents are wealthy enough. Yeah, the parents are wealthy enough here so that if somebody dies, somebody's getting sued. So no, we're not. Um, And my kid at first was like, well, I'm going to work on a bee farm. I can do, you know. So what was interesting to me is and it's been interesting to me during the COVID thing. I, you've been able to see people. At, it's like remember that the, the improbable adventures of three literary men, that Lord Dunsany story I told you about, where these guys steal the best poems and songs in the world, and they get caught by the Watcher. And uh, yeah, sadly, it's a was this poor thing. But you know, that's what this is. Uh, you know, I don't know how people trust in a guy who's got who shits on the gold toilet. But that's not my business. My business is keeping my kids safe. So if you remember three of them, one fled, one hid, one jumped off at the end of the earth, you know, I, I, I've been, I've been interested to find out people's reactions and, and I'm not giving anybody a hard time for having a reaction that differs from mine, but I've been rehearsing tragedy, you know, epidemic pandemic in my head for years. Why do you think, why do you think I've been doing martial arts since I was freaking like, lifting weights since I was nine and doing martial arts since I was 10? Cause it's a kicky way to keep in shape. Cause I want to keep a figure. Is that, no, I've been planning up for this. I've been planning for this forever. So consequently, now that it's happening, I feel relaxed. It's like, um, uh, uh um, and I understand, I understand Marty G. He's been, that is bullshit. Finally, he put out a, a, a post that made sense to me. He goes, this is like the part in the movie where everybody's hysterical and you slap their face and they, you know, it's like there's panic. There's panic. Yeah, there's panic, and he he doesn't, like, I feel about fear. He feels about panic. Nothing good can come from panic, and and, and I agree. Nothing good can come from panic, but I'm calm. It's like the guy in, uh, in Glorious Bastards. because I don't want anybody to lose his head, man, because the guy's sitting there sharpening his knife. He goes, do I look like I'm losing my head? No, no, I'm not losing my head. Me, it's a preternatural calm, but what I like is, unless you're going to die. You got to make plans for the future. So last night the kid is up, and I said, "Well, I want to read about something." So I, I re- read about this. Uh, I can't. I'm not. I'm not going to miss, I'm going to mispronounce it. It was a. It was a German village, uh, Nuremberg, maybe massacre. Um, it was a German. Well, there were a couple of, a couple of issues. One was this German town, of Demlin. I can't remember the name. Sorry, I was, I, I didn't really get any sleep at all last night. And yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The plague is a great book. And so the, the Germans, as as the war effort collapsed, World War Two, they had heard all these stories about, uh, you know, uh, reprisal killings when the Russian army came. And so this like entire town of seventeen thousand people, like, uh, like, like almost everybody like one in half the people in town chose to kill themselves. And so the Russians came in, and they were moved. They like they had people that wrist cut. They were laying in the women and shot, you, and they felt bad. They said to help some of these suicide victims. But the, a pharmacist poisoned one of the Russian soldiers, and the Russian soldiers got okay, That's it. And they burned. Then at that point, they burned down the village, and so on. And um, and of course, you start to read about this. You go deeper. There's some stuff online. And then one of the comments on it, we I wrote, wrote a piece on one of the comments was, oh yeah, you think it's propaganda? Because the article makes a claim that sort of, of, of propaganda. You, you think it's propaganda? How about this? How about the Numerado massacre? Which is a case where the Russians really did come in and, and slaughter a whole bunch of, of Germans, you know, raped and, you know, the, the whole thing. And so naturally, the guy probably did it was a neo-nationalist. You can call him whatever you want. So there's this whole fight. And this is three or four o'clock in the morning because I'm awake, right? Because that's good. So um, I'm I'm reading this. I'm like, yeah, people's responses to tragedy is really, like, I remember, like, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation to get really fucked up. And I'm not talking about drugs, alcohol, recreational narcotics. I'm talking about getting your ass kicked. I get in your ass kicked by either a mob, you get a mugging, you know, and I, my reaction has always been the same, like getting blasted. Thank God I've never been hit by a car or something like that. But the first thing I do is take immediate, and you can't even stop it. Like it's tell you, you know, your life flashing in front of your eyes. I take immediate inventory. Like when uh, I got my ruptured uh, quadricep tendon at the hands of, at the feet of Kung Lee when he and I were fighting and, uh, I did, you know, I, I heard a snap. It sounded like a shot under my skin, fell down, and I did an immediate inventory. Feet, ankles, um, knees, puff. okay, thighs, femur, hips, back, lower back. I can still move my toes, hands. I can breathe, arms, neck, eyes. I can see. You just you do it like that. So tragedy strikes, and right away I'm thinking I got option A, I got option B, I got option C, and there's a bear. I can run from the bear. I can draw the bear to me or I can stand here and hope the bear keeps going. And there are a lot of things I could do, but I'm planning all of my energies that are usually tilted towards some kind of ambitious outplay or tilted toward guaranteeing my survivability into the future. Right. But I'm surprised like people I know who are like, you know, really August, serious, like martial artists are like kind of flipping out a little bit. And of course they're flipping out because some of their businesses are going under, but fundamentally, you know, you look around after you do a really brief accounting and like, the Russians haven't 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 burned down uh, my village. They haven't raped all of my female relatives. Haven't shot me in the head. And haven't killed my children. I have not been poisoned. Not, you know, you gotta you gotta keep your wits about you. So Marty Marty G and I, despite having completely different political sympathies, come to the same conclusion exactly. You know, jump off the edge of the world, try to hide, or 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 run. I have to say, embracing your fate by jumping off the edge of the world is bold. But I'm a hider, personally myself. I like I I hide, you know. And it's worked in my favor. I've been in the middle of a whole bunch of riots, a few a few different riots, and just kind of calmly walking through like I wasn't at a riot had a magical effect of con- you know convincing anybody running hither and yon with batons and nightsticks and pepper spray that mm, like like. It, it's so discordant that they just leave you be because your reality doesn't exist in that. And in that way, we perfectly segue into the wide, wild world of Chris Weidman. Nah, 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 bro. If you've heard me tell that story about, uh, I can put the link for it, uh, where I went on that trip, a double, how was it? A triple date, double blind date. And, uh, uh, my unbeknownst to me earlier that night, my friend John had broken into a police paddy wagon, stole their hats and their mag lights. Also unbeknownst to me, John was holding about $200 of crystal meth and, uh, for resale and, uh, you know, and somebody were like, those guys, those guys. And I'm like, Oh, Jake, John, slow down, slow. And they kept going. I was like, you're on your own, bro. I tried to and stop and the Mexican gats who fingered him was like, there's another one. He's right there. He's right. There. screaming at me. And I just kind of look at the guys across the street. I'm like, what, what? what the fuck are you doing? Suddenly you're working with the cops because I'm a punk rocker. Get out of here. So why then? All right, this is the thing. Do you, do you run? Do you, do you hide or do you leap off the edge of the world? I mean, this is, this is, this is, a, a, this is a, do you know how massively significant last night was? No, no, no. This was like up there with Aida. This was up there with Carmina Barana. This was up there with uh, 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 I mean, this was Payachi. This was like an intense, intense operatic shit that was happening. The guy has had lost five of his last six fights. The only reason he is still there is because uh, you know the the affection between Sarah Longo. The bald one, Sarah being on looking for a fight, and a tendency, you know, I mean, there's there's a family relation, and uh, um, you know, he did do something significant at the time. We now see that it was an aging, an aging, penis pilled Anderson Silva. Not to take anything away from the man or people in penis pills, but uh, you know, it, it, what seemed mighty at the time, the guy's had a, he's had a hard time. He's had a hard time. And, and and let me tell you something about Weidman's hard time. I do not think that Weidman's hard time was organic, right? Right. I, I mean, I, I think that I think that you have to take that that Wednesday, that Wednesday enthusiasm, and at that point, what you need are people around you who are willing, who are willing to tell you who like Andy Grove, who used to be the, was the CEO of Intel when I worked at Intel. He, was, he did a book called Only the Paranoid Survive. All right, only the paranoid survive. And what you need is one of those mattering maybobs of negativity on your team. You got to have that guy. Look at Andy Griffith and Bud Showbrooks facing the crowd. And he says, I keep this guy, this guy's ignorant as shit. I keep him around because he's got a nose for the streets. He's got a nose for the streets. And that's why I keep him around. You got to have somebody like that. You got to have somebody like that who said, you know, uh, or like who's a Mr. White in uh, Reservoir Dogs. He goes, you know, uh, before we all start sucking each other's dicks, let me get straight to the issue like, you know, we still got serious business here. Okay, you beat Anderson Silva, that's great. You do realize everybody will try to murder you now. You do realize that as you climb up the salary scale, the people who you thought were your friends and booked you will want you to die. Right. You know, you, you do realize that, okay, so he beats him a second time. A friend of mine, his mother was like this. She served, served that role. He was a football player, strongest hands in the county, wrestler in Ventura County, and winning a game, a good deal of enthusiasm, a good deal of enthusiasm, and his mother would say, "Hey, Steve, uh, you ever think how the other other team must feel?" And at first, I thought, "Ah, she's like a real bringer downer." And then I go, "No, no, 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 you gotta have somebody like that. You gotta have somebody." There are a couple of guys who I knew who were NCAA wrestlers, and fundamentally, it was that they 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 were not. It wasn't so much that they were, like, D- D.C., that they, were, they, like, had to win. They were addicted to winning. They were super freaked and paranoid about losing. Whatever information they got about themselves by losing is information that they would do anything. Not, they would run up hills with wheelbarrows full of 200 pounds of gravel. They would do anything to guarantee that, that the information that they would glean from a loss was not something they were going to expose themselves to. You got to have somebody like that. You got to have somebody who what you want to say to the guys, Hey man, why don't you let me just enjoy my win a little bit? And the guy will go, well, that's great. You know, we could h- hang out with a bunch of other guys who, who were enjoying their wins. They're hanging out at the terminal bar off the 42nd street. They had wins at one point. You know, when I was a kid, my mother could put me in a shoebox. How about that? In other words, the future is not guaranteed. And I'm not saying that Wideman started drinking his own Kool-Aid or smiling his own farts or doing whatever. But I'm saying that that I think that ultimately, ultimately, I don't think it's confidence, man. I don't think I really don't think it's confidence. Ultimately, he was he was poorly served. He was poorly served by by those around him. And um and and, and he, look um You know know who made that mistake one time? Johnny Boney Joney. One time. First fight against against Gustafson. One time. Fucked around, did a fat Mike Tyson, came in, did a fair parted, almost got his ass kicked. One time. Not only was he fed a smaller guy, he was fed a smaller guy who he he had a a five-inch reach advantage on. Heavily muscled, heavily muscled, smaller guy. Well, if he doesn't get you the first round, which it looked like he was going to, who's going to have a hard time with carding? No. This was this was Congo-level fight picking. This was picked very specifically so that they could go to Sarah Long and go, look, you can't even get behind this guy. We can't keep paying him or we're paying him. He's alive. But he's alive like nobody wants to be alive. I'm a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You can't go out in the daytime and you can't eat. Are you alive? How alive is that? So, uh, uh, so, so, so he, he gets in there, he struggles and you can see his head going. Now, something else happened. They said, um, said what they say. He said, somehow he's moving the family out of Long Island, uh, to South Carolina. Yeah, exactly. Can't endure They got to be invited. I mean, a lot of strictures connected to being a vampire. Not all the fun and games, it might seem, because you can fly, turn the mist, and turn into a wolf. Can't cross running water. It's a drag. So he's moving to South Carolina. Well, why would you do that? Well, maybe your team doesn't have time for you. So, Carolina, well, maybe you want adventure. Or maybe you want Or maybe you want to move someplace where your dollar can go further. If you're not thinking about that in, in, in these COVID times, you'd be crazy. You'd be crazy. I'm thinking about that constantly in my preparation. Like I've been preparing for stuff since I was, you know, since I was uh, nine years old. That, uh, okay, what? Yeah, you read the State Department's list about political upheaval. But then, Geographic. I got a friend who just moved to North Carolina. Never expected to be in the middle. left Cal, lifetime California resident left to North Carolina. Gets hit with what today? Earthquake. Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming. So Weidman is like he says, ah, oh, you know, fundamentally. So the issue is, the issue is Weidman, is he, is is he a cynical opportunist or a true believer? Now we we got the Wednesday rule. He can say crazy stuff. He's going to contend for the belt. He could have made the belt sign. He could have done all that stuff. All that stuff, you know, and he can keep doing it up until Wednesday. And but after Wednesday, you, yeah, I think it was a maybe Wonder Boy was the thing. And he's doing a good game. He's doing this good stage dressing. It's like, oh, man, you really screwed up that dancing with the stars. Said, yeah, yeah, no, no. I had the really crappy shoes. And you think it was the shoes? Said, yeah, yeah, the shoes were bad, you know. i got to get some better shoes. And, you know, the music sucked, too. And I'm not sure the dance, but, you know, I brought my own level. I want to make sure that the floor is level. I don't know. If the floor. And then there was the sun in my eye. I don't, don't know. He's done. He's done. You could see it in his face, and it's not that it's not that the the guy was delivering any kind of punishment. That's not done. That's not the kind of done physically. You know, something that changed my world when I read that whether you're tired or not, your muscles are still capable of exerting. You know, if I could bench three forty-five fully rested, I could bench three forty-five tired. The muscles were fully capable. It was the spirit that was failing. And once I realized that, I said, "That's that's when I got rid of easy days." So every day will be a hard day when I was heavily in the bodybuilding. Every day. My body will tell me when it's ready for a right day. Unfortunately, I didn't calculate that when your body tells you stuff like that very frequently. It's in the form of, fuck you. Ah, hey, you want to bench 345 three days in a row? Fuck you. Click, and then you're done. So you have to be sensitive to your body's needs. But Weidman, this was not this was not a success. No, I picked against it. Yep. Yeah, uh, um, I picked against him. Yeah, all that stuff. I, I, I but there. If you look at the chess board, that is his future. There's no. Think about an, your fantasy MMA league. There is nowhere for him to go. Nowhere. No place. Nowhere. And he and he was gassed. And he was gassed. And keep in mind, he was gassed. And what we saw fundamentally was very much a grappling match and he was gassed. You know what happened? The same thing that happened where Seth is the age of my kid, that's what happened. Unless you got a clock that runs backwards at home, that's what happens. What you need, yeah, he. he, he there is no way they delayed the inevitable. A guy wants to go out on his own terms, yeah, he's got this move to, to South Carolina, what you want to see, I get John Nash on it. What you want to see is how much he's getting paid. I don't know if you ever had, you know, Pyrrhic, yeah. I don't know if you ever had friends who were who prostitutes, but I had a bunch of friends who were porn stars, and they do this. I can't even remember. There was a website called Body Miracle. Don't look it up. It doesn't exist anymore. And so, so you have your time as a porn star. And there was a time when, as if you're you know, a porn star, you get $3,000 a shoot. Right, but then as you, you know, you're in fair profitability, you get a little older, you're 35, you have know, a little less money. And so you start working at Body Miracle. And technically, Body Miracle would do in in hotel room shows $3,000, of which they would have to Robert, the guy, Cat who ran it, you'd have to kick back, you have to kick back half to him. So that means they've gone from $3,000 of scene, which could take a couple hours after hair and makeup to $1,500 an hour. Okay? Okay. And then you go, if you, in the heyday of this, when I was running Skull Game as a pro site, then you go from, from Body Miracle uh, down the road a bit to a website, which I also think is gone, called Frugal Johns. Not $3,000 for an hour. Frugal Johns is... It's a bias market, if you know what I mean. Nobody ever thinks of Seika is back doing porn again. I don't want to think about it. I like older women, but, you know, I'm hoping she's doing it because she wants to. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So, Weidman, you need you need, you need should call Congo. There needs to be a sit-down with Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, and get some serious, serious fantasy MMA league because you got about four fights left and you could actually do this. The question is true believer, cynical opportunist, do you believe that you're gonna contend for that belt? I don't believe it and I don't believe that you believe it. You need to think about who does that benefit by saying that? Cause I don't think it's you. After Wednesday, it will make you sound crazy. And like that Key and Peele skit do we really want, it's not fair to him or me. Do we really want crazy people in there? We got one, Diego. That's it. That's enough. You, you got, you got, you know, you can keep running doctor the formula, but you, in either weight class where you are, there there's a murderer's role. You're in trouble. And of course, you know, and God forbid it's anybody Brazilian, because then you got that thing happening. And then God forbid it's anybody from say 10 to 15, because they know what that means. You your 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 fight ranking is 12, and you lose to Chris Weidman, you're not seeing a single digit. Fuck you and your single digits. That's gone. That's not happening. Okay, so you're fighting like like a demon, like a bat out of hell. And if you should get somebody from from you know. From 10 on down, no, 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 At this point now, you're counting paychecks. And and, and my heart goes out to him. But he is dealing with something that very few of us have to deal with. Obsolescence. Now, I've got friends who start to retire. And I, in, a, in a few weeks, I turned 58. I like myself, but honest to God, nobody wants a 68-year-old anything. I don't want a 68-year-old cook. I don't want a 68-year-old pilot. I don't want a 68-year-old. And I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not too proud to work at McDonald's, but whatever. I, you know, I guess maybe they might might want me there. The reality of it is, I got 10 more years of employability for other people. I don't mind working for myself. I got right. I got more books in me. I got Oxbow recording some vocals. Yeah, you know, that's fine. What's Weidman looking at? If Weidman had people around him, yeah, why not? I'm still younger than Iggy Pop. I'm I'm even younger than than Perry Pharrell from from James Addiction. I'm younger than Rollins. I'm the same age as Keatis. I think. Of course, these people are much more successful. That's not the point. Ah, Yeah, boy. Yeah, Jira. Or Danzig. I, I would gladly step off the center stage if there was anybody stepping on the center stage. So if, if I was somebody who cared about, about Weidman, I would be like, look, again, this is like the guy, the NCAA wrestlers I know who were definitely afraid of losing because of what it would tell them about themselves. You got a plan. Run, hide, jump off the edge of the world. Run, hide, off the edge of the world. What there should be somebody talking to you said, What, what, where are you going with this, Chris? Where are you going? There are a couple of avenues that are accepted. Then you open your own school, try doing that with six losses under your belt. Start training people, Mike Thomas Brown, friend of Knuckle Up. Try doing that. He got, I mean, Mike Thomas Brown held the belt for a little bit. Try doing that with six losses under your belt commentating and then uh, an aside a digression i did notice that it was really inconsistent maybe it was more with the commercials that they made us watch again and again which is a bad sign because they're not new commercials coming in but there was no walk-in music and i thought how thankful am i to not have to hear that cheese ball tom Petty won't back down thing but then in a miracle of miracles playing YMCA. Remember that dream that we were talking about back on Knuckle Up? Yeah, walkout music is fine. We should have walkback music. If a guy loses the fight, it's like clown music or the sad clown music, it should be walkback music appropriate to whether you won or lost the fight. I don't believe he believes that. I don't believe he believes that. I do not believe he believes that. I don't even believe he's doing a Trumpian thing of like saying I will create... Or, or Steve Jobs thing. Reality distortion field. I can make it be so. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of like that. Whatever that Derek Lewis thing was. Um, I, 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 mean, I think he knows. And I don't think he's trying to... He's, he's not trying to snow us. He's not trying to snow... This is the thing. If he was, if he was a true believer... It would be eerie, like when Diego Sanchez does it. It's still misty, it's still woodpile, but when Diego Sanchez does it, you feel kind of nervous, right? This is pure sadness. And if you feel there's some contrivance behind it, you can live with it. You can live with it. Yeah, I'm a chance with that belt. <laughs> see, see that for those just listening. You see, there's a little smile on my face. Nah, a little smile on my face. And then I go, I got it. There's an the inside joke, and I'm inside with the joker. Yeah. So that thing is, if he is not a cynical opportunist, if he's not just milking this for shits and giggles, that means he's a true believer and it's scary or sad. There are, no, there are no other options. And if it's scary and say, if it's sad, you can't laugh at the guy. And if it's scary, you can't really laugh at the guy because then you might get hurt. I'm not laughing at Daniel Sanchez. I'd have to shoot him. But like the line from Crossover Dreams with Ruben Blades' movie goes, yeah, I'm going to tour here, I'm going to tour there. And the guy bartender looks at him, the guy from the old hood, he goes, you know, we're going to tour. you are going to tour my asshole. That's what you're going to tour. That's what you're tour, my asshole. That's where he is. You need somebody. You needs somebody to say, listen, man, we need four glorious fights to usher you into a future of whatever. You think he's going to do a Forrest Griffin? You think you're going to see him on TV? Forrest Griffin's got some element of it. He's got some goofy, glee thing that you see him, you want to watch him. All these other cats have been. I've seen Keith Jardine in movies. I've seen Tyron Woodley. In my mind, has, has the charisma of 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 this pipe, but he, he keeps getting. He's got a he's got a look. He keeps getting. Sarah is is on a TV show. Is not. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna help this guy. Is somebody gonna help this guy? Like I've said, you know, there's a guy who was throwing ice at me and throwing lit cigarettes at me. And then trying to interrupt my show, kept following me from show to show in England. And finally, I got my hands on him and knocked him out. And there's a picture of it on, uh, you know, because he was in he was in the photo pit. Knocked him out. And all the photographers fled because they go, oh, he's going crazy. I'm going crazy. This guy's been tormenting me for the past week. And so he gets, he, he gains consciousness. You know, he, uh, he well, it's his, it's his raps that I'm talking about mostly. He regains consciousness. He runs back to the front. And then there's a ph- the photograph I'm talking about. He's got this green shirt. It's covered with his drink and some blood. And he's standing up telling everybody, I'm okay, I'm okay. And you see me behind him with a mic stand like Zeus. I'm about to, and I knock him out again. Seconds after this photo was taken. And I said, finally, after the song was over, I said, if there's anybody, it was at Underworld in Camden, for those of you who might be English. Um... If there's anybody in this building, if the show was sold out, that doesn't mean anything, Underworld holds maybe 500 people. If there's anybody in here who cares about this guy, you might want to save him because this is not going to get better. And finally, somebody was like, oh, my God, he's going to actually brain, like, hurt him. Irreparable damage. So they came and they got him and they ushered him out. The guy's a Facebook friend now, Uh, you know. And he does every time I re rerun the photograph. He, I think he gets a little bit irked, but I don't. I don't know what he was expecting. was throwing ice at me. I, I don't. I don't know how that works. But um, but yeah, I, I, I am now at the point where somebody, you know, like somebody needs to. If there's anybody in this building who cares about Chris Weidman, help him. Help him. You you this is your this is your you, see the thing is I remember once when I was training at Beverly Hills Jiu Jitsu and, and Mark Coleman and Mark Kerr were there and they were training partners and Mark Kerr, sweet guy, didn't know him, conversation, but he seemed and he would leave and Mark Coleman would start talking shit about him. He hated him. That struck look, I'm I'm in the old days I used to call it political. Nowadays I just call it I don't I don't have the time on the on the clock of my life. I don't have the time to engage in, in, in unpleasantness. I really don't. I don't. So if I don't like you, I'll be perfectly like Sinatra said, I'll keep the party polite, but I, I don't don't have time for this stuff. I don't I don't have time for it. But that he would work out with him every day and maintain these feelings, I found disturbing. Just a little bit, just a little bit disturbing. A little bit, just a little bit. So if there's, you know, I don't know, maybe Sarah. Long, I mean, maybe they, maybe they still believe in the dream. But you gotta have you. If you don't have, if you don't have somebody, uh, uh, Billy Hills is great and crazy. Completely crazy. New Yorker. I gotta tell you, it's crazy. L.A. is crazy, and I don't mean crazy in a good way. How about the guys who lease cars every year? You know why they do that? They lease cars every year because in L.A., you know the guy hit based on the year of his car. If I'm driving around in a 2015 Mercedes-Benz, it might make me happy, but everybody around me knows that that's a 2015 Mercedes-Benz. And that means I hit in 2015, and I bought a Mercedes-Benz. And I haven't had shit going on since then. Yeah, my face is all. Fucked up here. I didn't shave. You know, I was in the hospital with the kid. And I'm, I'm a mess. So, uh, also, uh, uh, people lie about their age. And somebody once told me, they said, ah, you know, I'm 38. i mean, fucking 38, the same age I am. But he goes, you understand, everybody lies in LA. So, if I give them my real age, 42, they'll think I'm really 45 and lie to get to 42. So, everybody has to lie. It's strange. L.A. is good for one thing and only one thing only, short visits, because until people find out who you are in L.A., they treat you great. They treat you great because they don't know who you are. When we lost the Grammys in 2007, where Joe Ciccarelli, our producer, was nominated for producing us, Kurt Elling and the Shins. We were up again. We lost to Amy Winehouse and Ronson. We went to a bar after that. the bouncer says, hey, you guys celebrating something? So Yeah, we lost the Grammy tonight. The bouncer at the front door, small divey bar in L.A. By the time we get to our table. So it's literally about the time from walking in the door, 20 yards to the table. There were free drinks on the table. Why? Better luck next time. They don't know who the fuck we are, but they know we're nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, it was for Narcotic Store. So uh, so somebody, if there's anybody. What's happened, man? shoot somebody in the face. Oh, my wife and the kid are outside. Yeah, you know, like the bear chasing the car. Yeah, you get know, stand too close to the kids. So, and, and, um, anyway, anyway, somebody, you gotta help me. You gotta help him. And and like like the Hamlet said, "We'll we'll play the murder of my father before the queen, my mother, yeah, and my and my uncle." And if they, but blench, we know. I you know, I know my course. You'll know exactly what the UFC thinks about Wyden based on who he fights next. And, you know, it doesn't and it's, it's complicated because if they give him if they give him a, a, a murderer. That means that could be just mercy. That could be mercy. That means they could be being merciful. Just merciful. Or it could mean they don't like him. But at the very least, he's made a, a couple smart tactical moves. Moving to South Carolina is a good move. Okay, not the, 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 the skyrocketing COVID. Not so much the being in Hurricane Alley. Not so much Brunson. That's merciful because Brunson is kind of gicty. so Brunson could just as easily lose it as he could win it. The message is it, that's a sword that cuts both ways. Brunson absolutely does not want to lose to does not want to lose to. Uh, I'd have to look at the height, weight, and the reach ratio, but does not want to lose to a to a, a badly failing uh, uh, Weidman. However, if Weidman loses to Brunson, it doesn't sting as bad. But if he wins, it doesn't make the, It makes the other talk not so crazy. But this is uh, um, also, and I said part of, in the headline and the anatomy of a screw. Since we're talking about money, have you noticed Sean O'Malley's fight next week? I mean, you check out tomorrow afternoon our, uh, our picks on uh, Care, Don't Care. All these cats who were doing old, old East Coast work slowdown, labor, labor strike. I'm retiring. So Judo, McRapist, Johnny Bonijoni, the Diazes, George Masvidal. Masvidal fought. Sean O'Malley was complaining. Now I put it to John Nash. John Nash and Steph both said, "Now nah, Eugene, he didn't get the money, but yet yeah, he's fighting." Said and they said, "Well, really, his issue wasn't money. He wanted better competition. He wanted better competition or the money. Have me fight bums if you want." He comes out with a, a fashion line that goes through the roofs. And I go, John, did, you know, are they, did they, are they attaching that? I know in the old days he goes, no, they used to do it. Now they don't. That's all his, his money, free and clear." Why? Because he's making a plan for his future. Hide, jump off the edge of the world, or try to run. Plan for the future. I got about three different contingency contingency plans for the future. I'm not an animal. There are certain things that are glorious about animals, and I tried to tell the guys at jiu-jitsu, I said, you know what? If I had a dog, this is after Popeye died, if I had a dog, and I cut that dog's leg off, either through an act of gross brutality or accidentally or surgically, the dog had cancer leg and I had to remove the leg. In no time at all, that dog would be happy as shit to be running around and doing what it used to do. In no way, shape or form does a human have that kind of emotional mobility, flexibility, fungibility, no way. If I cut off any of your, if I cut off any of your limbs, you're going to be moaning and groaning about it for weeks, if not months. Especially if you knew I did it. So the certain aspects of being an animal are okay. It's okay. But uh, so you know, this whole thing about we're holding out, we're holding out, and you know what? It's like Robocop. Fix it. We'll fix everything. Cal Shkallak, body tried to unionize bodybuilding, and instead they shot the head, the body died. How do you kill his movement? Yeah, you wait a bit, cool his heels, just so he knows who he is. And really, they, are they compelling matchups right now for Johnny Boney Joni? Nah. Plus, he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's got troubles, he's bouncing in, and out. Uh, you know, let him sit for a bit. Same with McNuggets trying to stay in the press and, you know, Engaged to his wife, engaged to his fiance. Man, the guy who was a former executive editor. Of Hustler is, is uh, texting me now. It's making me kind of nervous. Uh, he says, "Oh man, <laughs> uh, okay." And somebody from Romania. Cool. So uh, I mean, I uh, man, I, I I think that's tried and true. And, and this comes down to selling out. It comes down to selling out. Selling out. People always, in the, especially in the punk rock world, they talk about selling out like it like it's a bad thing. And I have really mixed feelings. We talk about the anatomy of the screw. At first, Johnny Boney Jr. is like, man, all these fighters should be getting paid. Mike Tyson was telling me all these fighters should be getting paid. We should all be getting paid more. We, 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 us, we, we. There's a line from an Oxbow song that says, until that front door slammed, it's from a song called Sawmill, off of uh, a record called An Evil Heat, and the line is, "Until that front door slam and that back door lock, and it's just you and him and his lumpy cock." Hey, bro. Hey, if you're standing between somebody and a dollar, uh-uh. They, they, look, there's no such thing in my mind as selling out. None. There is. There is. Well, yeah, there is. There is the ladder puller. I got up here by dint of my skills and talents, and I suggest you do the same. Again, sold out. Nah, he didn't sell out. <laughs> That's why the guy's got not a nickel to rope together. He didn't sell out. You know, the thing is, usually the Japanese uh, media said, Would you sell out? I go, well, I, I can't sing like Pavarotti. I can't sing like Pavarotti. What are you going to say? Usually, could you do do a commercial for Tampax? I was like, If Tampax wants to hire the singer for Oxbow, I'd be a fool not to take the money, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not collectively representing a group of you. It's hard, it's easy to pick these people up. It's hard to represent them. on oh, my friend, like Soviet Georgia, foreshadowing, circling, light motif. Who once said to me about Stalin, he was like, Eugene, "It's hard to care about one people, never mind 300 million, because it is what it is. <laughs> Let them die. It is what it is. I mean, uh, so." What can I tell you? What can I tell you? I mean, so Sean O'Malley gets paid what he wants, and how do you? What kind of message do you think that sends to the Diazes? And you know, i'm not, the word filters out like word inevitably filters out, like in Nazi Germany. They got like, oh, you know, it was a big CEO. People were taking photos of stuff they were doing to send it home. You can't keep anything secret. Like for example, somebody tells me because I write about politics on occasion, they told me something that constitutes a bona fide October surprise about this election. And they swore me to secrecy. And you know what? Everybody thinks I'm a big blabbermouth, and that saves me. That saves me because everybody thinks, I like, the, like he's always quoting that blues song, don't tell me, don't start me talking, I'll tell you everything I know. But I'm not. I'm good at keeping secrets. October surprise serious big deal i will confirm it after it happens i'll tell you just remember this moment please so so in other words johnny Bonnet, johnny bonnie johnny gets paid and what kind of message do you think sean malley gets paid george masvidal gets paid what kind of message do you think it sends for the other guys that were like what about, what about us we there's no us or we when that front door slams and that back door locks Well, I thought about that and I thought about, you know, at some point, would I work at Fox? And I think I would work at Fox because everybody would know if I worked at Fox, that I was in, in full embrace of cynical opportunism and I got to get paid. You might turn around and say, usually like a friend of mine, who was the undersecretary of defense under George Bush, and he, he's hit, lost a lot of few, a lot of friends. They said you're actually doing stuff that hurts people. He's like, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe. So, uh, so uh, you know, so O'Malley gets paid. George Moscone gets paid when it comes time. Johnny Johnny gets paid. mech Rapist doesn't need to get paid. Has no juice left. What do you do? What do you say? What about all those guys from? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in the top ten. But those guys, you gonna you're gonna hang yourself? No. And you'd be a fool to do it because if they were in their position, that's why the promoters will always win this game. There will be no union action. No union action. None. Zero. Ever. How much would it take to separate me from you? How many millions? We have the first cent the billionaire. What the hell is that, this guy? Zuckerberg then I just figured out, the guy's got, he's whatever, I don't know, he's got a trillion dollars. Listen, we should do a list of of shit you could not tell me if I had a trillion dollars. And then after you got to like 3,000 things on the list, you would realize there's nothing you could tell me if I have a trillion dollars. Eugene, don't shit in the middle of that birthday. Hey, eh, what the fuck? Oh, fuck yourself! I do what I want. So, um, other fights on. The, I only have three cares on the card, so I don't have to go through this whole card. I picked Lewis to win. He scared me in uh, 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 that first round. Uh, I have to say, um, I liked what uh, 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 Olenek did between first and second round. Laying on his back, putting his legs in the air. Yeah, it is. It is theoretical money, but his his trillion dollars is much more as much less theoretical than my trillion dollars. If you know what I mean, because being 227 and having to move around a guy who's 265. And I like the Fade. If you think that the comment about having to take a shit was accidental, it was kayfabe. He knew the cameras were on him. <laughs> you know, that was comedy, it was comedy, kayfabe. That's what they used to say about Bukowski that I was like, you act like like you're a millionaire. It's not even fake it till you make it. Why not? You know how many people I've told, I mean, some friend of mine who was working with VC guys, he goes, you know how many many racist jokes I've had to put up with? Go better than you than me, man. I don't put up with any of them. Maybe that's why you are where you are and I fuck, <laughs> Psycho just shows up. That's the guy. He he he's taking Archer's place now. Like, put the guy in the guest list. The guy shows up last song. Hey, wh- when you guys go on, <laughs> you didn't just show up, did you? Fuck, Psycho, did you just get here? I <laughs> know ah, people got real lives. I got it. So, uh, uh Lewis, we played it close to the bone. I mean, and then uh, you know, uh, Ollynick is trying to move around forty extra pounds. No, Joe, I felt sorry for him. Been there. Been there, been there, been there. Not a cool place to be. Not fun, not joyous. Sorry, man. That shit's miserable. But I like that he was in there. I like the guy's 42. I like he's got 60 plus fights. Nah, nah. <laughs> it's, it's recorded. It's like I, I, when I would, had to interview some people sleeping on a sidewalk to get the new iPhone, I said, Do you sleep on the sidewalks when the new toaster comes out? And they looked at me like I was crazy. It's like, you do realize you'll be able to get one of these next week. Yeah, but I want to be the first. Yeah, what the fuck are we talking about? You could order it online. I'll show up at your house on Wednesday. Yeah, but I want the... Yeah, okay. It was about the spectacle. Mm. Yeah, right. Okay, spectacle. All right. You want to sleep on the sidewalk to get a consumer good. You do this for hammers? We. I got a carburetor. I'm going to sleep on the sidewalk? No, it's different. No, nah, I didn't care about it, Tucker, even though I said I did. And then, and then uh, Hernandez said, you picked Jane because ah, of the thing. And I said, I don't think I did because they picked me. And then it turns out he was right. I was wrong. I did pick him. So I started watching with Tim Means because, you know, I got the kid. I, I'm not going to be a complete prick of a dad, right? I got, got that stuff from family stuff. I started watching with Tim Means and watched all the way through. I watched Yana and you know, all, you know. But, I, I, you know, it was on ESPN Plus, so I can go back. The kid goes to sleep tonight and watch some of those. If you're saying to watch Gavin Tucker versus Justin James, and there are a couple of ones that I want to um, – yeah, Dirty Bird is gifty, man. He's gifty. Not a gifter uh, quite yet, but both, uh, both John and Steph took a bath on him. Took a bath on him. I got sick I started doing – one of yous gave me – I forget which one of you gave me, uh, the whole uh, uh, kettleball routine. I'm dying, man. I'm hurting, but I got to face the fact that I'm not going to be doing jiu-jitsu for a while Cardio's good. Got some tear in the calf. But I got the 25-pound uh, weight vest. I got the 35-pound uh, kettleball, 20-pound kettleball. I got the Bulgarian bag showing up. And so I'm trying to stay in shape. But that routine you gave me, oh, and I got the sledgehammer. You know, that routine you gave me was killer, man. Killer, 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 killer. And so what else? Uh, I picked Benio Dariush. That was some... Uh, the reason I love that guy. When was the last time somebody thanked their feel, a theologian and a poet? Yeah, and his, and his and yeah, yeah. They're not they're not a joke. And, and I'm gonna feel it. I went crazy today. I'm gonna feel it tomorrow, if I get any sleep tonight. So that's largely that's largely we did the anatomy, the screw, just pay him a little bit more. It's an indecent proposal. I hate that idea. Yeah, that's, I wrote the article about it for Ozzy. Right? I was like, man, the dude speaks Aramaic. And he's got, he's got a different setup. I th- if I remember correctly, I have to reread the article I wrote. But I think he's actually taking care of his mother. And he's, he's got, you know, he's got heavy people who depend on him, man. He's not like some of these other cats who like, yeah, I can live in my car, I can live at the beach. I can. no, I got, I got it like like uh, uh, Derek Lewis said. This is my job. It's a job. It's a job. So uh, yeah, that was uh, that 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 was something. Yeah, Darius, uh, I, I like. I mean, generally all that Christian stuff kind of irks me. Keep in mind, I'm not an atheist. I'm not an atheist, but it's like yeah, uh, uh, I, I find it as interesting as you talking to me about your socks. I've had di- divine sensations, spiritual sensations, but I'm not telling you about it. You know, like I have dreams. Like I'm not one of those guys. Who go, oh man, I had the weirdest dream. You gotta. And then, and then the sheepdog was there. and then Bob Barker, you wouldn't believe but Man, nobody gives a shit about your fucking dreams. The only, the only time you care about somebody's dreams is if you're having sex with that person or you want to have sex with that person or it's about to lead to a climb. Three categories of which you're paying attention to a dream. Otherwise, I don't, I don't care, man. Your dead mother came to you and she told you, she was. She told you to rob a bank on Tuesday. OK, now I'm listening. So. um, So, yeah, so Darius, that was nice. Derek Lewis uh, sets things up nicely. And for those of you who don't have time to care, don't care. I finally I'm going to give you a little preview. I got to tell you, I picked Stipe. I picked Stipe. I got spies all over the place and they tell me things. They tell me things. About some of the fighters, about what they're doing, how they're training. I could be wrong. I could be wrong about this, but I'm going to pick the guy who's going to, and keep in mind, DC is a friend of Knuckle Up. Early stages came on this show. Early stages, but I'm not a sucker here. This is, I'm a guy, journalist, not nominated for MMA Commentator of the Year, but still journalist, award winning, by the way, not for the MMA stuff, but the other stuff. But I just, I, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Oh, is a fighter, is a fight on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I don't see it. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. And the thing is, you know, Stipe is not a, is not a bad wrestler. He's not a bad wrestler himself. So we got the Chuck Liddell thing neutralized, and then it becomes a hand thing. Yeah, maybe he's preparing for those body shots. But then, you know, then you got your three studios thing. Oh, 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 ah, oh, hey. Yeah, he and he doesn't look good. He doesn't look good. He doesn't look good. No, no, no. I'm just—it's just a just feeling. It's the feeling I get. It's the feeling I get. I have, I have had out of body experiences, and I, you know, if you talk talking the show about the 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 soup of consciousness, clearly, clearly, agnosticism feels okay to me because there's a whole multi-layer level of things going on, and I've had the occasion to think about it having a kid, right, she, in utero. You know, if you read Rene Descartes, he talks about well, if you could, what what, what a, what's a priori a priori knowledge? Knowledge before you have knowledge, sense-based knowledge. He said, well, you have would have a sub you versus everything else. So you have one versus so you have a number system, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I you know, I was friends with Anton LeVay, and I think it says it all when he said to me when we when I first time I interviewed him, we were talking about evil, and he says evil is what doesn't feel good, a go, root canal does not feel good. And evil is, uh, you were gonna finally just because you genome. I mean, I'm, fundamentally I'm just trying to make the rent. God got you. Evil is something else. And we can get into that in, in 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 a later show. Delight and cruelty, I think it's the closest we came on past shows in discussing evil. But that's you know, that's separate from a moral dimension. I don't think a lion derives any, any emotional satisfaction out of killing a deer and causing the it suffering, it's just eating. I picked I picked o- o- O'Malley. I I just don't see it, you know, they wanted him, he wanted to step up in competition. He gotta step up in competition. But well, he knows money is connected. he's making a lot of money from this apparel line. And God knows, I don't even want to tell you, having worked at a fashion magazine, you can actually make the kind of money you can make from shirts. You Don't even start. I, you know, I put out the Oxford hardcore core shirt just so I don't have any left in the garage you know, break-even type deal, but I'm not selling Tap Out in the kind of numbers, multi-millions. You know, keep in mind the dude from Tap Out died in a Ferrari, okay? No sex and drugs for Ian. So, uh, oh yeah, Ian, you just texted me, too. Um, oh yeah, thank you, about the kid. Yeah, all's well. So, uh-huh, so, uh, so on Care Don't Care, I, I picked uh, Stipe. And uh, I did it. you go you better watch the show. They, they kick it out at noon tomorrow. You got to watch it. Um, and you'll see my picks. I don't want to cheat it. And then Tuesday night, we got Care Don't Care and the delayed. I'm uh, uh, no, sorry. Tuesday night, we have If the Shoes Fit and the delayed uh, Extra Edition for a dollar, Hip Hop Evolution. Talk about that. Kid Not Tay will be on. Took a the shot off for the kid. And uh, and that's it. You know, we got a big weekend coming up. And uh, a couple of things I want. Just FYI, out of curiosity, so every now and then, I like to do a little window dressing, change things up, I, like I did with the penis poster. All of you voted for the keeping of the penis poster, and so it stays until I can think of something else. What do you think about the bumper music? And the only reason I thought for the intro, the beginning of the show, because I can't, the kid woke up, Kasha took the kid out on the, on, on, you know, on the front porch get get her some light and some air again with the jaundice um should i digging on the stigmata thing change uh, it's our show so should i change it i don't know got new births new beginnings so to think about this stuff. you think about it let me know until next week try to make it to sunday try to make it to sunday but we covered everything right we covered the wide wide world of wide men uh, we covered the anatomy of screw. That's all the top guys in the top five getting paid. Even though I don't think O'Malley technically is in the top five yet. And also, you know these cats like the like the the cat who went to Dublin to try the the che, che, Chechen guy who went to Dublin who, who was like, I'll fight him this way. I can't fight him. I love this guy. Uh, his name I can't remember. Vizier. And he, <laughs> What's big money to him. Might not be big money to somebody who knows. Big money. It's not, you're never, you're not going to beat the house on this one. None of you none of you none of you is, 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 is going to beat the house. And he's and even a threat that, that the Baldwin made, to Johnny Jr. He goes, you know, if those of you knew, if those of you knew what he really got paid, you know, you wouldn't be so quick to defend him. By the way, Tommy LB got his box. Tommy LB circumvents the whole Patreon system, comes straight direct. And he got, he, I don't know if he likes what he got, but he got a bunch of stuff. That's the thing, that A-list thing. Velvet rope, one side or the other. Yeah, I got, it took me a while to get it to him, but I got it to him. Anyway, the show's done. Um, oh, ah, I meant to talk about that. It's, people keep forgetting it's exhibition match. Best, best, Best understood when Tyson said, and it was as true then as it is now, he goes, I could rent out. I could sell out Madison Square Garden and show up and just jerk off. Yeah. That's it. I mean, again, selling out. If you could, why wouldn't you? You'd be a fool to do anything else. Don't be a ladder puller, but a sellout is fine. If somebody is stupid enough, it's when they want to get you to do like I'll give you I'll give you a prime example. My friend Rich Herschlag wrote wrote a couple books. The guy I went to high school with. He was a civil engineer in New York, and he decided to do for and then I end this with with. He he wanted to uh, um, do for civil engineering what that other cat did. Who, who wrote the guy the book of the, the firm? The guy who's always writing about lawyers. I can't Tom, Tom something. I can't remember his name. Well, he, Tom Cruise in the movie The Firm. That's what I think of it. So whoever that guy was. So Rich Herschlag uh, was gonna do for that that civil engineering, so he wrote these thriller thrillers on Harper for Harper Collins. His books are still out there, you know. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, Grisham, Grisham, yeah, John Grisham, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm confusing Grisham. And he was gonna do it for civil engineers what Grisham had done for lawyers, and he he's published a couple of books well. But before he published his first one, they came to him and said, hey, "Rich, can we talk to you for a minute?" They said, "Yeah." you know, we're designing the cover and that things and not, you know, what do you think about changing her slag? Maybe like Rich Slag or Rich, it's just something, let's change your last name. And, you know, Rich had never published a book before, so there was the weight, you know, there was, you know, yanked in his muscle and I don't like muscle. There was this unspoken threat, you know, that if you want the book to get published, then, you know, you play along. And Hershlag, who's lost family in the Holocaust and so on, you know, he thought about it. He goes, OK, OK. And the people asking him were also Jewish. So he thought, you know, maybe they care about it. They don't know what's best here. And then he thought it went to sleep and came to a, in a dream. He goes, you know how long Hershlag's had suffered because of this name? Over the hundreds of years with the this. You know, no, 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 no. I'm keeping my name. Keeping my name on the book. That's the kind of sellout. And the sellout is even not so much will you take the cash, but will you play along? My first book, A Long, Slow Screw, my novel was at Random House. It was about a jewelry store robbery. A, a jewelry store run by Hasidim. So for the first bit of time, he goes, the, the, the main, uh, our protagonist is like talking about, you know, uh, the, news, ah, the newspapers keep talking about this jewel robbery. All right, Jude. They came back to me and they said, could you change the diamond dealer guy? I go, why would I do that? This is a working class cat. He calls them Jews. They are Jews. He goes, yeah, but people might think you're an anti-Semite. I go, really? He goes, well, we don't want people to think that. They go, you know, we're getting far afield here. Uh, uh, and I refuse to change it. At one point, the phrase was, it's called get your book published, Eugene. I don't give a fuck with it. I'm loneliness is a long-distance runner style. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I, I said fuck you to George Clooney. I like the little gingerbread man. I say fuck you to YouTube. You know? Fuck you to, yeah, Joey Bag of Donuts. Thank you. Yeah. The, 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 the U.S. version is a small publisher. The spacing sometimes gets kind of weird, but all the words are in the right place. The French version. I don't know. I don't speak French. I think it's good. But yeah, long as long as the runner, it's just when you just get like, so, you know, selling out, selling out, selling out. I don't know. I take the money, but I'm not changing the, I'm not changing uh, Jew to diamond dealer guy. It doesn't sound the same to me. Rich Herschlag shouldn't change his name just to make them happy because his last name sounds too Jewish. Fuck that. Fuck that. I don't care how much money the DC guys are giving me, I'm not putting up with your fucking bullshit jokes, fuck you. Fundamentally, if we don't have the kind of relationship where I can call you on your shit, then we're not having a relationship. Selling out is when you override that instinct. Yeah, selling out is when you override that instinct. That's it. Did Sean O'Malley sell out? No, he just took the cash. Johnny Boney Johnny sell out? He just took the cash. Is taking the cash stupid? Taking the cash is absolutely not stupid. Take the cash. But don't do something that you ordinarily wouldn't do because it's not about that for them. It's about seeing if they can make you do it. Like Charlie Sheen used to say about hookers I don't pay for them to come over, I pay for them to leave. Thing, if you can get these points those three thousand, dollars nothing to you. But uh, this friend of mine, she, would call, this guy would fly. He's a stockbroker. Would fly her out to Arizona. He'd be too busy to fuck her. She'd sit there watching him doing stock trading, and screaming at people on the phone. He goes, "Hey babe, I'm sorry, of will reschedule." Pays her her full fee, flies her back to L.A. The money, like the Oxbow song says, off a thin black dude. The money is really the least of it. Or alternatively, they say the best things in life are free. Everything around here comes with a fee. The show is over. Thanks for listening. This is round one, two, four. I am your host, UJS Robinson. I'll see you next week, uh, inshallah. Uh, God willing, heaven willing. Uh, uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody cares about the money. And so Mike Tyson, thumbs up. Both those guys maybe need the money, want the money. Don't care. Take the money. Don't change who you are. We'll see you next week.
0: Look what you made me do. I don't want to wake the kid up. Ah.